This is Isabel in San Dimas, Conversations with Neighbors. This is a podcast to spark conversations among neighbors about happenings in and around San Dimas. I am Isabel in San Dimas, and I'm happy to be one of your neighbors. In today's episode, I will be talking about the Regional Housing Needs Assessment, uh, which you might not know what that is. So I'm going to explain that in just a little bit. So you may have heard rumors on social media or around town from neighbors. I certainly have that Sandy Miss is going to be getting low income housing, uh, that Sandy Miss is going to be overrun with development in the not too distant future due to uh, legislation coming down from Sacramento. And um, I have a special guest today. You know him as my husband, Phil Ebener. And uh, he's going to be talking with me about uh, housing in San Dimas. Uh, I'll preface this by saying that he is not an expert. He is your average citizen, but he is a member of the Housing Element Subcommittee that just started meeting in the past couple months. And he knows a little bit about what the arena numbers are, what housing uh, might be looking like in the not too distant future here in San Dimas. Um, and he's learned from some experts. So he's here to talk to us a little bit about that. Thanks for joining me, Phil. Well, thank you for having me. And I look forward to sharing some information in this episode. And if I do good enough, I think we'll have to come back for a part two about the housing element because a lot is coming down the pipeline, but I think this will be a good sort of precursor uh, to get people on the same page. Awesome. So I'm hoping today when we talk to Phil, we can learn a little bit about what the subcommittee is doing, uh, why some of these rumors or ideas about housing are being circulated, and how much truth there is or not to some of these whisperings around town. So first, I want to talk about what is RENA or the Regional Housing Needs Assessment. So after doing some research through the Southern California Association of Governments and the California Department of Housing and Community Development, I learned that RENA has been in place since 1969, and it's an attempt in California to make sure that there is enough housing. I use the word attempt because obviously uh, that has not always been successful, but it's been a process of updating local housing elements, which are part of a city's general plan or development blueprint, and it is mandated by state law. So basically, each city is required to allocate or zone a certain amount of housing in their city. And starting October 2021 through October 2029 is the sixth RENA cycle. And if I am not mistaken, Sandimus is expected to zone for 1,200 additional uh, housing units starting October 2021. Is that right, Phil? Yes, um, those numbers might fluctuate a little bit, but I'm guessing it'll be about that or more. Awesome. Okay, so let's get started. The first question I want to know, uh, just for folks listening and, you know, curious about how to be involved in the city is how did you get on the housing element subcommittee? So it was just one of those uh, announcements that the city made that they were forming this subcommittee and you just had to apply, submit a little application, talk about why you were interested. And uh, it asked if you had any experience specific to like this topic housing. And I said, I didn't have any 
professional experience, but I was just very interested and uh, I wanted to make sure there was a um, younger sort of uh, person there to talk from that experience as someone who has a young family in town. Um, So now that I'm on the subcommittee, there's a range of people, a, a good range of different people from all walks of life. But there are a lot of people who, or a few of them are uh, real estate agents. Um, so they are more, have that professional experience. But yeah, I just applied and I got on. I didn't know if I was going to get on, but I'm excited to be on it. <laughs> awesome. And uh, so what exactly is the subcommittee doing as it relates to uh, the regional housing needs assessment in San Dimas? Well, one thing I learned is that So every city and county has to do this in California and they have to do it every so often. And so this one is going to be from 2021 to 2029. That's what the city is planning for. And so this was, I believe it was 2014 was the last time this happened. So this isn't a new thing that the city is doing at all. Um, But the subcommittee is there just to Mostly, I think, get the word out to the community, provide feedback to the city as well. The staff is doing a lot of work. They also have a consultant who is helping to actually look at the housing um, issues and come up with ideas. And then they'll work with staff to figure out where the housing could could go. Um, And then just the subcommittee is just providing feedback. And then a lot of just trying to communicate things to the uh, the rest of the city. So just to clarify, the subcommittee members who are everyday citizens, some with professional, some not with professional experience, are kind of there to provide the perspective of the community while the city staff and the consultant are doing, I don't know, we'll say the heavy lifting as far as the research and proposals go. Does that sound about right? Yeah. And just something I learned is that it's a requirement for every city to have a community-based subcommittee. Uh, That's just one of the requirements as each city in California goes through this process. So can you talk a little bit more about what the staff and consultant are doing? I mean, my perception, I guess, from what I've heard from council meetings and such is that the consultant was hired to look at areas around town that have been underutilized or can be utilized for housing to meet the arena needs of the city. And I don't know, maybe staff and the consultant are working together to say, okay, this should be zoned for housing or does that sound about right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. So the consultant right now has looked at the city, looked at the demographics, looked at the current housing situation, meaning like what types of houses are there? Um, Single family, multifamily, apartments, mobile homes. They look at the demographics like income level of the city. The next step is specifically identifying where, what sites will be, could be potential spots for more housing to fit the all this housing that we're required to try to find space for. And then that's what the consultant's doing. And then the staff really, I think, is going to 
figure out from there what's the plan. They're going to write up the actual report or I don't know the technical term, but the report, um, come up with the actual plan and from there figure out how to implement it. So can you talk a little bit about some of the population demographics and the housing trends in San Dimas that the consultant has shared with you and uh, the other members of the subcommittee? Yeah, sure. A lot of this information can be found just from Wikipedia, census information. The city is also going to be publishing the slideshow that the consultant shared with us, which has a lot more interesting numbers for people who are interested in this kind of thing. A couple of the things that I found interesting are just the types of housing. So in San Dimas, not surprisingly, 75% of housing is single family homes. 18% are multifamily. So that's like apartment complexes or townhomes. And then 7% are in mobile homes. Uh, In terms of talking about income level, um, again, this is something you can find online. um, But the median income for San Dimas residents is $85,000. Now, is that per household or per individual? Uh, yes, that's combined income. So either two people working, um, making income or one person. So that's the median. And something that's interesting about this that I think will maybe dispel the myth about low income housing coming to San Dimas is that what's considered low income housing in Los Angeles County is any household making $81,100 or less for a three-person family. And there's kind of a scale. You can imagine if it's a two-person family, it's a little bit less than that. If it's a five-person family, it's a little bit more than that. But for like a typical family or household that might have three people over 80 if you make over $80,000 you're still considered low income according to LA County which also is low income according to the RENA numbers and the types of housing that have to be planned for um, so there's different brackets for how the types of housing that the city has to pl- plan for from very low to low moderate and then above moderate but most of that's going to be the not very low income housing so just to kind of clarify it sounds like the uh, what qualifies as low income housing in San Dimas is the same across all of LA County. And what you're saying is that a third of current San Dimas residents are considered low income, according to these standards across the county. And so when people talk about low income housing coming to San Dimas, that's already what a third of the city already looks like. Does that sound right? Yeah, and they gave a lot of examples. I mean, people who are teachers, who are college graduates, who are nurses in the hospital. Like, these are people that make oftentimes less than $81,000 and might have like a family. Um, So, when you look at, when you hear, oh, low income housing is coming, I see on social media people talking about projects or Section 8 housing. And that's not what is planned to come to San Dimas. Or that's not the only thing that's included in low-income housing. I mean, those things 
will they be part of the housing element? There is a segment of very low income that has to be accounted for. I'm not exactly sure at this point what that looks like. But the other thing that I think I have to say before we go any further is that uh, I don't want people to think that this means San Dimas has to build all this housing in the next few years. That's not at all true. The city has to zone for this amount of housing or plan and have enough spaces for it. But by no means is anyone forcing the city of San Dimas to build this amount of housing. It's only going to be built if a developer comes in and uh, someone sells their property and wants to build additional housing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So basically the city has to zone for approximately 1,200 units, give or take, that number could change. But as far as those housing units being built, it depends on the property owners, the developers. Uh, It's not guaranteed that these things will be built. They just have to be zoned uh, for 2021 through 2029. Is that right? Exactly. So by the end of this housing cycle, 2029, If zero of those units are built, that's not a problem at all. The other thing I want to mention, too, is that the city is sort of forced to do this. Um, People might think, well, why is the city doing this? Why is city staff or city council doing this? First, it's a state mandate that every city has to do this. And if they don't do this, there are some repercussions. And that basically could look like the city losing control of certain land or funds that come for, you know, things like um, infrastructure, parks, uh, planning from the state. So the city doesn't want to lose out on that. Um, So they're kind of forced to have to do this. The other thing I wanted to add about low income housing or affordable housing is that we we already have this in San Dimas and it exists um, in a couple of the newer condo multifamily complexes like the Johnstone building, which is by Railside Cafe. Um, so those condos or townhomes right behind there, there's a percentage of the, them that are affordable. And so they have to be rented or sold to people of a certain uh, who have a certain income and same with uh, i believe they're called the avalon apartments which are by uh san dimas canyon and bonita right by butter cafe behind there those are newer and those are three-story uh that's a three-story apartment complex and I haven't heard anybody complain about those and that's something that i think about when i hear people you know, really up in arms about any sort of higher density housing. But those went in and maybe there were people that were against them. But now I I haven't heard, I don't hear anyone like complaining that those are bad apartments. And same thing is that there's a percentage of those that are affordable. And so that's how the city will work in making sure there's housing for low income family families or very low income housing. It's not going to be quote-unquote projects what people think about when you hear that term it's going to be likely be nicer apartment complexes nicer town homes um, nicer condos like we already have in san dimas that have a percentage that has to be uh, affordable so basically 
development projects that have affordable units kind of sprinkled within there um, to kind of make it seamlessly fit with the community that already exists. Exactly. And I I mean, I'm not going to say there's not a possibility in all of the universe that a bigger, more dense, lower income apartment complex could go in, but the city will try to make sure that it fits in nicely with uh, whatever comes, uh, whatever projects are proposed to fit nicely in with the community. So another question that I have, you know, we've talked about uh, the the makeup of single family, multifamily, uh, mobile homes. Uh, we've talked about income. What about uh, housing for special groups? For example, uh, what I'm thinking about are uh, senior citizens. Uh, there are a lot of senior citizens in our community or people with disabilities. Uh, what accommodations or considerations are being uh, made for unique populations, maybe even veterans. I don't know if they're included in the assessment. In terms of the RENA numbers, it's not like the city has to say, oh, we need 100 more housing houses for seniors, or we need 100 more spa- units for people with disabilities. But at the same time, the city during this process does look at the current population and sees how many seniors are there? How many disabled people live in San Dimas? How many homeless people live in San Dimas? And based off, off of that information, they can kind of determine um, the numbers. And that's what that's kind of what is uh, what ends up happening is um, the types of housing, whether it's, uh, you know, affordable housing or not, um, how much of that should should the city have to accommodate for seniors who don't have an income or someone with a disability who can't get a job or th- those kinds of things. Great. And one thing I want to mention, which I, I don't think uh, we have enough time to cover in this episode is, you know, I touched on this earlier, that there are a lot of housing bills and legislation coming down uh, to the local level from the state government up in Sacramento. Uh, you know, we've seen some changes just within the past year, like uh, folks can pretty much build an ADU, which is an accessory dwelling unit, or uh, you might call that a mother-in-law suite, on any uh, single family home in the city, not just in San Dimas, but all over California, pretty much um, because of local legislation. There are rules about uh, how close housing properties are to uh, transit. And so that's another, I would say, cause of the rumors or people being afraid of, you know, more density, more housing coming to San Dimas, because there are actually laws that are impacting us here on the local level. We're not going to talk about those today uh, because I think that's beyond uh, the scope, but I I do hope to cover that in a future episode. Um, But I don't know, do you have any thoughts on that and how it relates to RENA and, uh, you know, the work that the housing element subcommittee is doing? I think we can't discount the two. Uh, they're, they're not completely tied together. And so I can't say like that there's not going to be any additional housing built in St. Dimas because there are those new laws that 
you've talked about. But the arena numbers aren't like forcing that kind of housing to be built. Um, and it's the external factors of just the economy, about of the way development is happening all over Southern California um, and the those new laws that will... I guess in combination with the the higher arena numbers that were given at this cycle, because in the last housing element um, in 2014, there the number was 463 additional units that the city had to plan for. So you can see that 1,200 plus now is a bigger jump as well. So you might look at that and say, well, just because of that, the likelihood of the city having to zone more space for more housing might end up in higher density. Yeah. And it, I think that's just like you mentioned, the trend in California in general, uh, you know, the, kind of the root of all these uh, all this new legislation is because, you know, we have a housing crisis in the state. And uh, I guess every city is being asked to do its part to at least zone for housing and then you know, I think the eventual goal is for those houses to be built. But I guess what you're saying is that there's no guarantee that 1,200 new units will be built. It's just uh, what we're planning for, potentially. Yeah, and that's something that in the future meetings, I'm going to learn more about where the city consultant and the city staff are looking to basically change zoning or however it is to allow for more housing. They're taking everything into consideration from, like you mentioned, the ADUs that they're est- they're trying to estimate how many ADUs are going to be built. And so that's going to, to add some. Um, and then they're just looking in every nook and cranny. Um, but as you can imagine, as a resident, you're thinking, well, there's not like a bunch of open space in San Dimas where they can just plop down a bunch of housing. Um, so it is a difficult task and they're not going to be popular. I don't think <laughs> with a lot of residents in the community um, because I think most people here like the way it is and don't want change and, or drastic change. Right. I mean, you know, People buy in suburban neighborhoods and single family neighborhoods for a reason and don't want to be uh, surrounded by high rise apartment buildings. Uh, That's why we don't live in downtown L.A. Um, So what are the next steps for the subcommittee and how can other members of the community be involved in this process if they want to have their voice heard and, um, you know, if they want to share their opinions about housing and where housing in San Dimas should go. The best way for community members to get involved right this moment is to take the community survey. I believe you mentioned it in a previous episode and I'm sure you'll link to it on the podcast page. It's also on the city's website, Um, but they're just, it's a city's housing survey talks, asks people a little bit about them, about what they like or want to see with housing, where they think additional housing should go. And so they're going to take that into account when they're determining rezoning and things like that. So definitely, if you haven't done that, do it and ask your family members to do it as well. They have gotten a lot of responses, but they're looking for a wider range of responses from young people, the older people, um, to get a 
good swath of San Dimas. Yes. And you can find that on my website. I will link to it at isabelandsandimas.com slash housing. Um, and to my other question, as far as what are the next steps, what is the subcommittee going to be doing next or the subcommittee and the consultant? Our next meeting isn't until the new year. And then we have a few meetings after that. We have to wrap this whole process up by mid next year. And so we are going to be learning more from the consultant about where in San Dimas they think housing can go. And then from there, I think we're going to be giving more feedback to the city staff and uh, just hopefully be kind of helping communicate everything to the community even more. Awesome. Thanks so much, Phil. Is there anything else that we missed that you wanted to talk about before we go? Nope. I think that's it. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot more coming down the pipeline that will be interesting. And hopefully this was a good sort of groundwork for what we're doing in the housing element subcommittee and what the city's doing with the arena numbers. All right. And um, if you're lucky, maybe I'll have you back for a future episode to do Rena part two. I'll have to check my schedule. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So for those of you who are listening, uh, what were your thoughts about uh, this episode? Do you have concerns about uh, extra housing being zoned in San Dimas? Did you even know that this was happening? Uh, feel free to comment on my website, isabelandsandimas.com slash housing. And as we mentioned in the episode, please don't forget to complete the housing element survey uh, so that your voice and your opinions can be heard as the subcommittee uh, visits this issue. Again, that's isabelandsandimas.com slash housing. I don't have any upcoming uh, local events uh, to share with you today. So um, I guess happy Thanksgiving. Hope you are safe and healthy and eat a lot of turkey. All right. That is almost it for me. Um, Personal tidbit. Uh, Phil is still sitting here with me. So I'm going to see if he has a little personal tidbit he wants to share uh, first. You don't even give me like a topic or a question or point me in the right direction or anything? This is just a free for all. Okay. I I guess a good one (laughs) is that I have gone surfing twice in the past month for the first time in many, many years. And that was thanks to actually your parents who gave me a gift card for my birthday. And I got myself a wetsuit, which I haven't had. And I'm definitely not as tough as I used to be with the cold water. So the wetsuit helps. And I've gone with our future brother-in-law, um, Brian, who is also a San Dimas uh, local now. And we make our trek down to Huntington Beach early, early in the morning. And it's been really fun. Well, that's a good one. And um, I guess I will share something that I have done recently that I haven't done in a long, long time. And I rode my bike last week. I haven't ridden a bike probably gosh, I would say over a year because I was pregnant. And then, um, you know, the baby's like almost eight months now and I haven't ridden a bike the eight months that she's been alive. So that's eight months plus nine months. So at least 17 months probably that I haven't ridden a bike. So that was a lot of fun and refreshing to get out in the fresh air and 
uh, get around town without having to drive my car. And that's it for me today. Thanks for joining me and Phil. This is Isabel and Sandimus. And before I go, I want to encourage you to connect with one of your neighbors. Uh, Phil and the boys recently visited Civic Center Park right next to City Hall, and they have a brand new sidewalk all the way around the park. uh, Thanks to some local community members who have been advocating that for that sidewalk for many, many years. And so I encourage you to uh, go down to Civic Center Park, maybe uh, call up one of your neighbors that you haven't seen for a while and go for a socially distanced walk with our uh, around the park with our new sidewalks. As always, you can find me at isabelandsandemus.com. Send me a message, shoot me an email. I love hearing from you. Uh, again, happy Thanksgiving and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>